Hello everyone and welcome to episode 10 of the Like-Minded Podcast, the podcast we put together to promote grassroots theatre and performance art. And today we've got some fantastic guests lined up who are just experts in physical theatre and creativity. But before we get on to them, let's introduce my co-host, Caitlin Bradley. Bradders, welcome. How are you? Hello. I'm very well. I love that you call me that now. I love it's the new nickname. It's better Bradders than... Bradders just ace, isn't it? Just yeah, ace. It's better than the horse one, isn't it, Bob? Yes, the um, flame-haired, fiery, feisty filly from the files. You didn't like that, my description of you, so Bradders is, is, is much Bradders better. Bradders is an upgrade. Thank you. Yes. No, I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm well, but... This is the last show of season two. And mate, I just can't believe we're at the end of season two now. Where has time gone? I know, it's gone so fast. And of course, we are still recording on Zoom. We're hoping that's going to change very soon um, as this roadmap opens. But yeah, so apologise for the sound quality, as always. But we're here, we're talking about theatre. Like, what more do you need on a Sunday morning? Well, it is now British summertime and we are rapidly easing out of lockdown and there is murmurs, murmurs, let me tell you, about theatre coming back, live theatre coming back. Now, some of the old timers amongst you might remember live theatre. Um, <laughs> I can't, but my grandma told me stories about it. Um, but we are on the cusp of it. Now, Let's get on with our guest because we've got with us today, our guests are from Ugly Bucket Theatre, who are an innovative physical theatre group that use physical theatre really to challenge taboos. And uh, I, I just love the work that, that they've done. And at the end, we're going to give you the details about their website, social media, um, get on to these people and, um, and look at their work because it, it, it's excellent. So we have with us today Grace Gallagher and Rachel Smart. Welcome, guys. How are you? Hello. We're good. Um, just chilling. Just having a chill. Not much else to do, is there really? No, there's not. <laughs> For like 14 months now, I'm just the, the most chilled person. So. Yeah. 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 I know all the ways of self-care now. That's like we've really, really honed in on those skills. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to um, find things to make me stressful because yes. <laughs> so yeah. So I think I'll start reading the um the um the, the letters page of the Daily Mail to get me angry or something. It should not have <laughs> non-chilled emotion. So um can I start with you, Grace? Give us some background to Ugly Bucket Theatre. Tell us how how you put it all together, tell you how, how it started. Yeah, sure. So, um, so we went to John Moore's University in Liverpool doing drama um, and kind of getting to around graduating. Um, we had these like hopes and dreams of what graduating would be and, you know, the great beyond. And we, I, I know we were, we were going to go <laughs> and be theatre makers and, and yeah, and basically felt like we'd um, had this expectation that university had kind of given us that what our degree can do and what, what would happen. And then leaving university and graduating actually really felt like having the rug pulled from under us. Mm -hmm. And there was this kind of like um, really kind of like poor mental state that came with leaving university. And it wasn't until talking to uh, a lot of other people in the same boat 
that you realise that everybody was feeling a really similar way, but there just kind of wasn't this discussion around it. And I think after like applying for things and getting quite a lot of um, rejections and not really finding those opportunities, it was almost like uh, we decided to kind of create our own opportunity and kill two birds with one stone. And well, let, let's stop there because this is a recognised syndrome, I think, isn't it? Mm. For um, theatre, drama graduates, leave university, excitement and big plans and then, oh my God, it's not happening. Mm. And that is a scary thing. And there's so many people in, in that uh, in that boat. Um, a lot of them, like yourselves, will kind of get together and just say, do you know what? It's not going to happen. So let's do it ourselves. So yeah, is yeah. that what happened to, to yourselves? Definitely. And I definitely think it comes from um, me being really quite stubborn and um, <laughs> being quite like, what be like, yeah, I definitely think it came from a place of being like, oh, well, they're not going to do it. We're going to do it ourselves, won't we? And then, um, I am good. Yeah, we are good. <laughs> we are good. We'll show them. We'll show them. So then I don't I think, care yeah. what anyone else says. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it definitely did that. And then also, so then we started meeting up once a week um, and to create this kind of clowning-esque techno-filled verbatim show that was about postgraduate depression and leaving university. Yeah. So it was kind of all as a therapy for us. And like we talked about as well how I suppose it's that kind of thing where you're applying for all these things, trying to fit a box. So in your applications, you're trying to fit into certain boxes. And then it wasn't until we started doing our very own thing where there wasn't a certain box to fill and leaving university, you know, there wasn't a mark to be achieved at the end of it. So then the work that was created was what we wanted to create and what we wanted to do and what we felt the happiest doing and that we were good yeah. at which was this kind of like clowning physical style. Mm. Um, so then from that, it I think it was the best work that we'd ever made mm. because it was yeah. what we wanted to make. And I think like, and I think the thing that a lot of people get from Ugly Bucket shows is that they can feel that the people on stage love what they're doing yeah. and that they they and that they yeah. feel like they enjoy what they're making and I think that really feeds into an audience when you can feel that people care about what they make um, all the cast it's definitely like everybody gets to lean into what they're good at and gets to showcase the best version of themselves yeah. as a performer which is just so fun mm. or like yeah. that version of themselves which is yeah. that heightened really fun like well let's let, let's pursue that a, a little bit Rachel because I love what you what you said there that when the shackles are taken off you um, and you can create your own kind of art, in the case of yourselves and physical theatre, it's kind of, instead of um, what, what general theatre does, which is to reflect real lives, you kind of ramp it up and it becomes something different and then it becomes this kind of performance art. So tell us a, a, about you, your thoughts about physical theatre and the role it plays. Well, it's so fun because I always remember Grace. Grace always said that in, in university, she used to get told that she was too clarony whenever mm. she performed stuff. <laughs> so then like, but then sometimes we, so we always say like these things that we're presenting um, present a lot of feelings and like frustration. And sometimes frustration can't be um, portrayed in just words let's just show it and it, that's why it's like we're almost um mm. physicalizing these feelings yeah which I think is what is so fun to do and like you can see it in um 
in um, Boshini Plus, for example, there's like a whole sequence about freshers and the excitement that comes with it and like the expectation. And if I'm to stand on stage and say, I'm really excited about freshers, does that say the same thing as three people on stage, like jumping and like just running around and be like, yeah. and that just like, it's just really, really in your face, fun. Yeah. Um, you, the audience don't get a chance to rest or like yeah. um, really sit and be bored. We don't let them, we don't, no one knows boredom. In There's our no shows. time to breathe. Really. No. So I think that's like, for me, why I love doing this sort of stuff because it's just yeah. so um, out there and just, real i think it helps people relate as well so often if you feel in a certain type of way um and especially when you're dealing with things as complex as like postgraduate depression or these feelings are so heightened in you that it's really hard to try and like verbalize. talk about it and verbalize but so, but sometimes seeing something abstract or seeing something heightened yeah. can make you go oh my god that's that feeling I, I know that feeling when you can't describe something so like there was there's definitely a section in Boston clues where we played verbatim of this person talking about this kind of feeling of being like lost after university and we put a banana with a face on stage in a spotlight and mm. like and it just started it's ridiculous it's outrageous but it's mad how people are in the audience going i really relate to that banana <laughs> like, i know i know how that banana is feeling and i remember in one show because it was held up by toothpicks and we never found the right way this banana mm. kind of fell on its side on its Aww. own and then people were going i relate people going i feel this i feel this banana so often i think you can relate more with something that is abstract because it helps yeah. you break kind of process yeah that feeling more so I think that's what we try and do yeah you can put yourself onto an object you can put some you can put emotions onto an object almost more than you can a person because a person is their own individual thing whereas if we do something inanimate like a banana that's where it's mad because if I was to stand on stage and go this is how I'm feeling a, a male for example might think oh I can't you know she's maybe it's because she's a woman or da, da, da. but we're all related to this banana because how yeah. can you not it's just a banana and I think clowns are really universal and a lot of the yeah. time clowns because clowns are kind of like they don't represent any clowns are kind of like an everyman i think so it's easy to look at a clown and feel like they could represent all of us rather than representing this person is like me or this person is not like me yeah. but i feel like in clowning they can represent kind of humans in general or an emotion in general so i think that's why we do what we do i think it's a kind of um the theatre reflection of what um, what has happened in the arts world, because if you look at the, the arts world before kind of um, abstract came along, everybody had normal portraits and then all of a sudden, these guys come along like Dali and Picasso and paint different things. And my God, it's a face, but it's not a face you recognize and it's kind of exaggerated and twisted. And I, I love that because it's kind of taking a concept and twisting it and exaggerating it. And people can relate to it and, and it, it's just so powerful. Mm -hmm. But you've kind of taken that step one, uh, it's taken that one step forward because you've been using this to challenge some taboos and things that we don't like to talk about. And so tell us how, how you got onto that. I think that, um, but yeah, it definitely came just from, from the birth of those Junior Clues and that, kind of being the topic we wanted to talk about. And then we realized how much audiences really kind of appreciated that honesty. I think that's something that came across a lot was everyone was like, I just appreciate the honesty of it. Um, and the kind of non patronizing manner um, of talking about these topics. So then, um, 
that was kind of something that we just discovered we wanted to do and that I using theatre and using comedy as a tool for talking about these taboo topics that we feel aren't spoken about enough and often I think that if you approach someone quite like timidly saying okay so I think that we should talk about this topic and these people your emotion yeah and then people people immediately like might close off because they go oh no I'm I'm not gonna do that but because we run at it like a bullet a gate and like there's kind of no escape and I think that's how because we come in it so hard it's like that barrier is broken down really quickly and really fastly and all of a sudden audiences go oh oh, I can talk about this. Oh, it's actually fine. This is fine to talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of like, because we don't beat around the bush and we get straight to the heart of the issue pretty quickly, then I think it's like, yeah, it kind of just opens up those doors for people yeah. to then go away and have their own discussions. But we've just been that spark that's allowed them to let them know, it's okay, we can talk about this. And do you know what else? We can actually laugh about this, yeah. which I think people... It, that helps people talk about it. It was nice because like two clients, one cup just lends itself to that. So when we then made that show, that just totally, girls do it anyway. Girls are always talking about like sex and all that kind of stuff, but we kind of do it in, in our own spaces. So then we were like, oh, this would just be so funny if we just put these these funny, funny conversations that we all have with like our friends and just put it on a stage and just see what everyone says. And that's again where people are being like, Oh my god, I'm not weird for thinking that. Yeah. I'm not weird for doing that. So yeah, my body's not weird because it looks like that. It's just so fun and like um it's just that was a really nice show because there wasn't there really wasn't a lot of negativity attached to it in terms of like emotions or anything like that. It was just straight up laughs and just like let's have fun, let's like just show showcase how we all feel in this moment of our our sex lives. Mm. Yeah. I think as well, when, when we use comedy with something that's powerful in, in our lives, um, like sex or like grief, um, as soon as we use comedy in that, it breaks its power over us and mm. it becomes more relatable. Because with, with grief, for, for instance, if you get to talking to somebody about, uh, you know, somebody's you've lost a close relative or friend or whatever, um, and that's a serious conversation. But then after a while, you, you'll remember some of the funny things that they did and they said, and you start laughing and it breaks it, it, it down and it's no longer a big kind of taboo. You, you're kind of through that. Um, mm. And I suppose that that's what took you into um, um, Good Grief. So tell us about uh, Good Grief, because this is such a big thing for you at, at the moment. Tell, tell us about the background to that, please. Yeah, it had it had a really, really wild kind of origin. Um, good grief was that because we I don't think we ever thought that we would make a clowning show about grief. I don't think it's ever something that we would have we wouldn't have voluntarily necessarily. Yeah. Even though of course it, we had true we had um option, we weren't forced into it, but it it definitely felt too intimidating for something that we mm. ever would have mm. chose to do because it was like what yeah the show so um we had a comedy lecturer um tim miles at john moore's and um he was just he was re- always really supportive of, of um ugly bucket when it first started out and was kind of that first person to go what you're doing is good like yeah. keep, keep going with it yeah and, he, then, and he was like the first person to give us 
like a, a gig. He gave yeah, us a booking. Yeah, he was the first person, especially in that in that post-university slump when you you just feel like nothing you're doing is right. He was definitely one of kind of it felt like the only people that was yeah. that was like, no, no, he was like, This is good, what you're doing is good, and you're mm, on the right track. Um, so then when Tim was diagnosed with kind of terminal cancer it felt like we were really losing we were going to lose this kind of like support network um and it did feel and it was so like in keeping with Tim and his support to us that kind of the last thing he did for us was that he said that he wanted to um commission us to make a piece about death for his memorial service um which we couldn't say no to which we totally were like of course we'd love to do that oh just short you know something yeah just about death so so we kind of made this like 10 minute piece about um his his life his journey we did like a short interview with him and it was just really nice for everyone there to kind of um see exact because it's exactly what he wanted like his memorial was was filled with like comedians Mm. um physical artists Mm. we were there doing did this um short sort of film that we did and it was really funny because as well like because we we, we'd visit him in the hospice and we'd go like and he's like, I want, I want you to make this piece about death for my memorial service. We go, okay, okay, okay. So what do you want it to be like? What what do you want us to do? We can do that. And he's like, I don't know, because I'm not going to see it. He's like, you do what you want. Oh. You know what I mean? He's like, that's all he wanted. He's like, I just want you to do what, what you want to do, what you do best. Um, so then that we made this 10 minute piece, but obviously when he'd opened that door to, to using comedy to talk about grief, it was ju- it just like you, so, 10 minutes like, was not enough. And like, all of a sudden we were like given permission to even think about this as a topic to talk yeah. about and to, and to like use it in like a comedic way. And we were like, whoa, yeah. like it's something, I don't know why he thought, well, obviously, because he was going through all of what he was going through in the hospice and probably thinking about it loads, but he's always clearly coming at things with that angle of comedy. So then it just felt mad for us to be like, oh my God, we can actually talk about this in like a funny way. Yeah. And then and then it just devolved. It's all evolved sudden, into this huge thing. Like, this big, this huge happened, show. This happened. Yeah. And now we've, we've just like finished... Um, creating like we filmed it to, to make it kind of like COVID safe and did a, a screening about it but it's it's become this huge show it's become like this what we feel is yeah. like our ugly bucket kind of realized in yeah. like it I feel like it takes you probably a few shows to really confirm like oh this is what we do and this is what we do well and I think this show was definitely one for us where we felt like it's like ugly bucket evolved most evolved yes. yeah yeah, yeah. This like, is your coming of age show. For yeah, exactly. yeah. This is like this is us as a big group. We always say like both uni clues is like definitely leans onto the emotions because that was like the heaviest as a company for us to make it because mm. it was very very personal. And then two clients was like, how how funny can we go with this? How yeah. stupid can we go? And now good grief we're is telling like the line all the time balance. like comedy tragedy. Where are we? Where do we stand? How how far can we? go with yeah. that that doesn't work that works just really yeah. fun and you said before we started recording you said in our little chat together that um you you are a vessel for the people that are, are agree are grieving or are still grieving and that is just beautiful in itself mm-hmm. because of watching the itv um uh, interview with you and going to people and and ha- speaking to them about grief that is just amazing mm-hmm. in itself so the fact that yeah you're yeah it's a huge people. responsibility yeah we don't take it lightly ever with no. any of the recordings that we that we get or interviews that we we have mm. because 
um, everybody's truth is so important and everybody's voice is important and what they're saying. And, and I think it's almost like it's strange because you talk to people who, who will never be interested in theatre, but they're about to have their voice heard through all these people. We're quite used to it as people who like put things on a stage. We go, I feel like this. Everyone can hear about it. Whereas people who, who aren't necessarily involved in theatre, who, who do they talk to? Are they mm. just talking to their circles? What if, you know, for example, in this situation, it's grief. Yeah. Are they opening up to people about grief? Um, do they feel like they have that ability? So this is nice for us to go, yeah. look, you can't like, yeah. we're, we're letting you talk to all these yeah. people. And sometimes, sorry. sorry, go on, Caitlin. No, sometimes I feel like grief, you feel guilty for laughing. Do, yeah. And that's like a massive thing, the fact that you're doing comedy about grief. Mm. And you can laugh. You feel this guilt of like, should I be happy? Yeah, is exactly. It, is it? Yeah, I think there's a huge, there's there's a massive issue with grief and guilt. They're like kind of just go hand in hand, don't together. they? And like, um, yeah, I think I think being able to laugh about it because it's farcical. Like grief is a farce. Like it's outrageous as feeling, and it and it's ridiculous, it and like and it, it's it's so overwhelming that it's like. And I think it's important that like in our show, like we're not we're not like we're never like laughing at grief like we're never like ha ha do you know what I mean but it's it's like but it's more about we can laugh like yeah. and you the, know the, the, it's, the okay. it's okay it's okay yeah because it's strange because it's totally weird and so it's like yeah so then yeah definitely and I think something we've really learned is that which we've been able to do with our shows and we're learning more and more is that we don't have to have answers and that I think especially with good grief we knew going into this that they're like we're not creating a rule book we're not grieving this is the wrong way to grieve often I think like this kind of thing we really try to push as a company is show not tell um because often I think a lot of times you can go and see a show and you and you can really feel as an audience when a show is telling you how to feel like you yeah. should feel like this moment yeah, like it's yeah. yeah yeah and we really want and we go well we don't need to tell people how to feel if we show these perspectives and we just present them in a new way that's all we have to do that's enough and that gives that you know you don't you don't have to answer everything I think if people are making their own new work that's a really good lesson to learn is that you don't have to have answers even if people tell you that yeah. like but what's the answer it's fine to not have the answer you don't have to show the answer just show give the perspective with that's this enough. with this um topic just relating is enough just yeah. just yeah. seeing someone like my mum mum really like um was struck when someone someone talks about feeling really alone and she's like alone um I, I feel like no one understands me and my mum was like oh my god I was alone I, I, I felt the same when I lost my my dad and da, da, da. and I, I, I was just like that's all it is that's all we're trying to do is just go yeah. um, mm. oh what you're feeling is normal because they've just said that or yeah what you're feeling is fine because you might not relate to what they've said but their thing is valid as well and mm. th there is no one way to grieve and yeah. Um, that was a massive thing we learned when we did all of our interviews was like people weren't people weren't some people weren't even upset but they were saying things that were so sad but they're just like oh yeah mm. this is just how I feel other people might be crying through the whole interview and that's also fine mm. but it's just interesting to see that how different how um, broad it is yeah yeah and especially what a time to do it now 2020 well we're in 2021 but last year 2020 and yeah. how many people were just dying and they were alone like on their own because you couldn't go to the hospice you couldn't yeah. and 
Wow. Yeah, yeah that's definitely been because it's interesting because when we started the show, we like I think that in its first kind of form was in like at the end of 2019. Yeah. So it's really weird that like the show was started to be made. We started making it, and then when we come back to redevelop it, it's like the world has totally changed. Wow. So it's like that. That was really. Yeah. Um, weird so I think I think we just feel happy that we've been able to find this middle ground of filming it and, and getting it out to audiences and charities um when it's kind of like needed and I think we just have to keep yeah kind of it's strange because like even though like like you said the world's kind of changed grief mm-hmm. never grief never does like yeah I remember when we when we went in back into the filming and people were like oh you got someone said are you going to make it are you going to add a bit about about covid or are you going to add a bit about this and we said well we don't need to because the feelings of the, mm-hmm. the feelings are the same you, your grief your grief is is yours and it's it's still going to um develop and change and mm. be the same overwhelming yeah. feeling and horrible and um none of it is specific to people which i think is why putting it against these clowning um th- these clowns and how they go through it you can put yourself in that wherever you wherever you feel like you relate if that makes sense yeah it does but, but that, yeah. that's so bizarre because i thought you developed a uh, good grief during the the pandemic but you actually like um it was pre-pandemic so yeah my, my god I'm, I'm blaming you two for the pandemic because <laughs> you know, this is your just your terrible publicity yeah we just, we, we just planted this we planted the biggest pr the biggest yeah, most evil biggest PR stunt in the world was that we planted this virus in order to yeah. push ticket sales <laughs> well, that's that's why you know because uh, so many people have been grieving the, the past 12 months why this has just come at, at the right time yeah. and you you know you are in the right place at the right time in your uh, developments as well yeah but yeah well, I, I want to talk about um because yeah you know good grief is is the, the big show that you've got at the moment um you know we'll talk about looking forward to taking it out in in uh, 2021 um, but also, I know you do other things, and I wanted to explore those with you. So tell us about ABC, anything but COVID, and tell us about the Holly Blobs and um, the Clown yeah. Workshop. So tell us a, a little bit about some of the other things you're doing. I think what's really funny about the Holly Blobs in comparison <laughs> to everything else that we do. So Holly Blobs came about because we had, so the Without Walls Fund came out and they were offering to fund um, street work or outdoor work. And it's about like bringing culture back to the streets of Liverpool. And we've always, we've always wanted to do a street theatre act, a kind of street theatre troupe. So we applied and we got a bit of money to create um, the Holly Blobs. And the Holly Blobs are like these giant blue aliens and the whole premise is that they've come to earth and they're on holiday on earth and that's all the act is so we'll go out for about 45 minutes to an hour and all we do is interact with the public and with the world like we're aliens and that we don't understand anything and that's it so it's all totally improvisational there's it's, no real there's meaning. no real meaning behind it but that's what's Just funny because when you compare it to everything else we do everything else has such more meaning so much more what's that what's what's this really about a lot and the of holly truth. yeah and the holly blobs is literally it's it's like it's fun it's just for fun it's just about interacting with people it's about having a great time and even like there was this amazing moment when because people need stuff to have meaning a lot of times so we found being on the street and interacting with the public is totally different ball bag because 
uh, people love it or they hate it and like and if they don't like it they're gonna let you know that they really don't like it so that's something that we really had to deal with and um I remember one time we so we were we were outside a little cafe and we were interacting with little wooden spoons so we found the wooden spoons and and we were all picking up these spoons being like Like and they like they don't have a language they talk with these squeaky whistle things with these spoons and then they created we created like a game where the game was putting the wooden spoon in the bin so then, they saw someone we, someone walked past and just threw something in the bin and they were all like oh we can do that too we put it in the bin so we were taking it in turns to put the spoon in the bin put the spoon in the bin and then go to the audience member you put the spoon in the bin and, and we'd like celebrate and i remember this old couple walking past and watching us and they watched they watched us put the spoon in the bin and they as they walked away they went oh it's about the environment need meaning like it has to be whereas yeah. like the totally and I get I I um because I just I, my job in that is just to follow them basically and just like help you know any emergencies I'm just there to like come in but I stood there once and this guy goes right next to me and he goes is this an advert for something <laughs> is this an advert for something I went no it's just it's just this is what it is and then he was like why I just literally like looking Why? at them because they're, they're so bright and so colorful and obviously like if you're just in the street it looks outrageous and they're just and he was like why I said you just look at it it's just stupid and he was like yeah because it's funny this is quite it's quite funny isn't it yeah so that's so, so, so that's good. That. what yeah, a that's, great story and yeah, it's just so we, we always look at things and just say why just mm. why but, and, and this is so and it was fun. quite nice so we were like months, why not why not just why to, not? like yeah why? why not because so many times they go why you know if you asked us why in anything else we've ever done we have like paragraphs after paragraphs as to why we've made this <laughs> show it's really important change the world and then this is like funny funny alien <laughs> aliens funny silly stupid, stupid. but it, yeah so much was and we've only got to we've only gone out once with holly blobs so we're like if there's anything yeah. i like we are like please people book, book the holly blobs please book the holly yeah. blobs like if you've got an outdoor event or if you've got something festival, you've festival. Got to bring them back you've got oh to yeah bring them back. i mean yeah. they're so good for festivals and stuff so like yeah we're really hoping that in the summer that when there's more outdoor festivals that we yeah. can just get the holly bobs out again so that'd be brass they just switch up the day today really don't they like yeah. someone, someone could just walk down a street and they're not there or they could walk down the street and they are there yeah. and, and they it might help people yeah. and it might make your day or right. it might ruin it might ruin it <laughs> yeah, some people hate them. yeah people some, some people, people like, like that's it. well annoying it is annoying yeah <laughs> and um abc was like um so like when lockdown first kind of happened and there was a real spot like so when lockdown first happened it felt like there was a real spot where everything stopped like theater stopped and all of a sudden everybody was in the same boat and we all went oh right okay we're stopping for about a week and then a week later it's when obviously everybody caught out and there was just like opportunities online everybody's doing online work online opportunity which was really here's my list of the day yeah what i do in a routine get up at 7 a.m yeah. still and really this vibe of like actually oh. oh my god lockdown's been a blessing because i've managed to write <laughs> this novel i've finally fa- found the time god i'm so glad for this lot my you new know. skills and oh, we, we just got so we were so fed up we were so fed up quite annoyed because also as a company we found that like everybody was 
then making online work or making to, or, or saying oh it's great because we're actually still continuing and we were like but we don't want to make we don't want to make anything we don't feel because we often we often we'd never make anything that we don't have a gut feeling about yeah. because we just genuinely can't find the motivation to do it and like so we were sitting going oh shall we do a thing should we do an online thing oh no, i can't be bothered i just don't i don't, I don't feel passionate yeah. about it i don't care about it and then like um home in manchester said they were giving out commissions to, to for people to make work at home so obviously we were like oh we should apply i don't know like and we, we were like what looking we, at what it we make? and it was what like something about some it said the topic of what we're in now so talk about the climate that we're in lockdown so they that was the point was they were making work mm. that represented the time and then it was so funny because like within within like 15 minutes we went from no worst thing i ever what would we even do it about because everyone's being annoying and everyone's doing this god it is really annoying us. then all of a sudden we're passionate which is then yeah. <laughs> that's the dangerous thing we're then we go, going oh. oh it is annoying let's we could make something about, about how annoying that. it is we could we oh could yeah and then we go oh yeah well what if we <laughs> took the mick out of people being productive we're like we don't want to be productive everyone's being productive <laughs> we could we could them make it the laugh at them all being productive and then it was like so then <laughs> and then within 15 minutes we were passionate and we were and, and we, we were laughing and we were laughing and about we were like, this oh, idea so and it kind of so abc what we made is like this 10 minute short film and it's kind of like um we we did a call out and got everybody to send us a rating which was also funny because we weren't we didn't tell them we were going to take the mic we said mm. tell us what you've been up to during lockdown that's oh, all yeah. we said oh, so they can get all the people yeah going, we said we really want to know I've what you've been, been up to loads. I've, done this, I've done this i've done this and then so then we kind of made this like 10 minute and the vibe of it was almost like guide how to children's 90s tv this is how to do lockdown you could yeah. make yeah, yeah. or you can paint or you can so then but then but i don't course. even want to ruin it for people who've not seen it but i'd just say it's free on the home website you can you can buy it for free it's pay what you decide okay. download it for free and and watch it because it's definitely from when you watch it at the beginning you go okay i think i know what this is and then <laughs> by the last minute you're just like how have we got to this? How has, <laughs> how has this become this? Yeah. And I feel like that's really all I want and to say. And if you want it. to run, just, I think it's just um very, when we watched it more recently, it's so reminiscent of the time. Yeah, so we like, watched it, It's because it's been out for nearly a year. And yeah. like when you watch it, it's it's a time capsule of that. Like, well, yeah, the first, yeah. The first, we were in years time just to see what was happening. It's yeah. really weird watching it back. Like I would highly recommend just watching it. To go, Oh, oh yeah that's what it was like that in the first felt. lockdown first lockdown it did feel like this because now we are still in lockdowns a year later with and when we were making this we n i never no. would have believed no. we'd still be in this position a year later yeah. Yeah. We, even said, we even said that like when when it was when we were making it so they they released this commission and said you have four weeks to make it and we were like it's good. We said, we said, um, oh, by the time it's finished, everything's going to be open. Yeah. No one's going to watch this. And we said, oh, yeah, and we honestly thought, oh, oh a lovely God. little lockdown project to keep us going and then we'll be back. Great. Let's do that. And then I remember the film went out 
And then lockdown just kept Come going. Okay. <laughs> it's but yeah, so outrageous. I do recommend back. watching it. it is, yeah. It's a lot of fun and it and it is and it is just mad. And it was great fun for us to experiment with film that we'd never done before. And yeah. like even though it closes a lot of doors, especially from like a clown perspective when you've got the audience relationship, but equally it opened up loads of doors with comedy yeah. when you've got the opportunity to you know edit and have things appear. And I think what we had the most fun with is with ABC is that um, when people watch it, people might you might watch it three times it's the type of thing you have to watch more than once to see everything that's in it do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, like yeah. the easter eggs the things in the background the tiny details a lot of, yeah details was really fun in this because okay. like it was so nice to have like um which was really ironic because we didn't want to be productive. We were annoyed at people being productive and then made a film. But we were like, but we were like, um, it was just nice that all the cast were able to then do. We we were laughing at things like everyone got sent like kind of the storyboard. So all the mm. cast made these scenes, and then when we were watching them, it was like, oh my god, this stuff's so funny. Put it all together, and then all of a sudden, you've got this like really fun mental mm. film, and it's just nice that everyone still got to be stupid yeah. for yeah. For, a, for a week, you know, while they were all yeah. filming. It was just so nice. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. Well, yeah, it That's is fabulous. You've got that for your grandchildren now or your children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're, when, they're, when they're old enough, when they're not going to give them nightmares, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it is a bit nuts. All right. Well, what, what's, what's the future for Ugly Bucket? I know we're at that curious position where we're on possibly on the cusp of change, but um, mm. the, the time ahead, what, what, what are you looking at? So I don't know. We're all we're all we're all in that limbo, aren't we? Where we're just we we'd look. We've had we've had stuff that we've had like booked for a while. Yeah. Um, a lot of penciled in dates, but we're, so we're hoping that Good Grief goes on a tour as soon as things open. That would be like the next big thing that we want to do. We'd love to get the Holly Blobs out there. We'd love to do more outdoor work in street theatre. Um, we're kind of like we're delving a little more into like clowning workshops and doing online workshops and trying to like teach what we do which has been really good for us because you, yeah. you never really know what you do until you have to try and teach other people how to do yeah. it yeah. so that's been really great and then like there's there's like start there's started to be plans in place for like the next thing and like the next show that we want to make which I don't think we could talk about too much but I think that like what's really exciting now especially making like our third show we feel that audience of we feel that like people really go ah okay I know what Ugly Bucket do because we've kind of created this like I don't know, brand or this theme, yeah. like we do this, yeah. this is what we do. So now we feel like it's really exciting because now's the time that we can really go, what? No, we don't. We you do thought. this. You thought this, so we're going to do this. So um, we've just got loads of, we've just got loads more like um, confidence and like self assurance, I think, and it, from, from the successes mm. of the previous shows and like just how much we've enjoyed it as well. So like, yeah. we're just going to carry on enjoying ourselves, but also challenging ourselves. We've always, we always want to do, we've always upped it. We've new. always like taken something yeah. and learned. So like each show has taught us something new and yeah. I think we're ready to just like and I think, take all that into yeah, the new one. Definitely. And I think I love the thought of audiences like thinking they know what they're going to get when they come to an ugly bucket show and then coming and going, Oh, well, I didn't expect that. That's oh, what we always want to do, but, but, but still keeping it within 
what we do so that you'd watch yeah. it go. I never expected them to do that. But it's but so, also, it's so them. Yeah. But yeah. I knew they were going to do something crazy. Yeah. Something crazy. Yeah. yeah. So that's, we're really excited for the next thing to be like, to try, to try new stuff. That's what we're really yeah. excited to do, to really try something like new and, and keep exploring. And because I think you like, you never want to be boxed in, even in a company, when you create a company, we, we talk this about, we talk about this a lot. Like what's the, yeah. what's the difference between having a brand and doing the same thing and that's really hard I think when when you start to get those audiences and you never want you know you never want audiences to turn around and go oh I didn't like it because I like what you did before yeah. but then you also yeah. never want audiences to turn around and go oh you're just doing the same thing so yeah. Yeah. it's hard where's that balance yeah so right. that's well, how, how, where do people find out more information about ugly bucket give us your uh, email addresses and uh, sorry your yeah. website address social media um, so website is uglybookettheatre.com. Yes. I think. Or .co.uk. It's one of the two. I can't yeah, remember. Uglybookettheatre.com. Yeah. Um, and then web, uh, we're on Facebook as Uglybucket. We're on Instagram as Uglybucket. We're on um, Twitter as Uglybucket. So you, you can find us all there. And, um, we're, always, we're always posting on socials and stuff. And we always post about anything that's coming up. Like workshops and bits and yeah. yeah and people can email we're ugly and it's it, always really fun yeah. when like if, if when people start following us then you know that there's more people that could send us send us um, nice verbatim things yeah when, when it comes like you're just opening up the the world to yeah. like people and we're, the email is uglybookatheory at gmail.com and we're, we're always totally open like any if anyone anyone questions, needs help or yeah, questions always... or advice we're, we're totally up for helping anyone with um, anything like that so do get in touch if there's anything we could help you with oh, thank you Amazing. so much grace and rachel our ugly bucket theater thank you so much for sharing that with us it's just been really insightful and really inspirational as well and we're really looking forward to seeing you over the summer now so thank you Thank you for having us. It's, bring been, on, it's been great. Bring, bring it up. Potential tour. <laughs> yeah, yes, right. thank you. Right. Uh, Caitlin, before we wrap up the show, we've got to do something um, very important and very serious because this is the end of season two. This is the last episode of season two. And like-minded productions will be taking a break because We've got some very exciting new stuff planned as we uh, as we emerge from lockdown, and we're not able to tell anyone what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So watch yeah, this space. Watch this space. Yeah, we, we you know we we have got um, new productions planned. We're we're really excited about it. But it's uh, you know like, like yourselves. It's will this happen? Will it not happen? Will it be great? Will it be dreadful? Who knows? Who knows? I know. Um, We're so excited. But yes, just keep following our social media because we have got some um, announcements coming out soon. Um, yeah, lots of things. I don't dare say anything because I'm no, rubbish at keeping surprises. Say, we'll get into trouble. But what we can say is. Thank you for uh, to Andrew Smith, our producer, who's made things happen today once again. Thank you to uh, Chris Woodward for booking our guest today. And uh, please follow us, uh, like us, wherever you get your, your podcast from. And also um, let us know what you think about the podcast. Um, so, Caitlin, um, what are you doing in, in, the, in this period ahead, this exciting period ahead? <laughs> 
do you know I don't know Bob I don't know it's that like limbo isn't it of like well, I want to go and book a flight but we're not allowed to leave the country yet no, and we're not no. allowed to do this but yeah I, I want to do this so um who knows it's it's exciting though isn't it it's where are we gonna go <laughs> follow Caitlin Bradley to see where she goes next I booked a cruise for September is that gonna go ahead who knows <laughs> I think that might be a little bit optimistic unless you go and um to Hollyhead or something <laughs> <laughs> Blackpool to Hollyhead yeah but yeah well, what are you up to Bob well, I'm preparing for emerging from my cocoon of lockdown um, because I've dug out the iron and I've ironed shirts now. So look Ooh. out, world. Look out. That's all I can say. Bob's ironed his shirts. Do you iron your socks? Of course I do. Of course I do. Oh. That, that's an essential part. Everyone knows that, Caitlin. Waste of time, man. Right, so I'd like to say a big thank you to all our guests, um, Ugly Bucket today and all the, um, the previous guests in this series. And thank you so much for everyone who's following, um, who's, who's following uh, Like Minded Podcast um, and writing us those reviews, which you must have been on drugs when you wrote looking at, at some of them. They're pretty over the top. Um, so we really appreciate people following us. And we'll see you in series three. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye now. Goodbye.